Hello, welcome to Across the Divide. My name is Ashley Lawrence and I'm joined by my brother Ricky Lawrence. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. This is the last time I'm going to say it. I support Spurs, you support Arsenal. Okay, done. If you listen to the podcast, you'll know by now. It'll be obvious because I'll talk about Spurs more and he'll talk about Arsenal more. So I think it's worth saying that this podcast is very clearly doing wonders for both of our football clubs because we have now been doing the podcast for this is our fifth week. Tottenham Hotspur and Arsenal have played eight Premier League matches in that time and they are yet to lose a single one between them. Yeah, so there you go. So, yeah, uh, two uh, good results for us at the weekend. Um, Yours certainly more dramatic than ours um, and probably more notable. So I think, and you went to your game and I didn't go to ours. So let's start with your Emirates experience uh, yesterday. Yeah, I have to say it was one of the most enjoyable Emirates experience I've had, um, which maybe sounds a little bit strange given the season we had last season and particularly some of the endings to games. But I loved it. It was, um, I took my nephew who actually starts secondary school tomorrow, I think. Um, good luck to so, him. Yeah, good luck to him. But um, yeah, just to uh, gauge his age, I want to say he's 11. Um, but Yeah, he, w- he will be, yeah. Yeah, you'll you know better given you've got a son, similar age. But um, yeah, I lose track. I've got lots of nieces and nephews. And I lose track of ages quite easily. Um, so yeah, so he, he's... he's, um, he's at the age and the type of boy that you know would enjoy a big game with a really good atmosphere it doesn't doesn't not sort of thing that would phase him which made it the whole experience just more enjoyable um he was taken aback i think slightly by the celebrations that that took place um when declan rice scored and that was yeah right up there with what are they they called it limbs right yeah limbs scenes limbs scenes limbs and um one thing so by sheer coincidence, you actually were with me on Saturday as it was uh, my son's birthday party on Saturday and said nephew was there as well. And he described, I think he said that he was a Brexit defender. Oh, yeah. Well, we can talk about this. So as you said, I have a 12-year-old son um, and I coach his football team um, and have done since he was six years old. So I am very au fait with footballing terms of today's youth and so the term brexit defender which for those of us of a certain age probably yeah, conjures up images of jacob rees mogg um it, it doesn't actually mean what we think it means brexit somehow amongst um um the next generation means someone who has no nonsense just crunches into tackles hoofs the ball miles down the pitch and 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 just kind of basically is very route one um i said to you to help you just help me describe brexit defender to you the other day i said uh it's a bit sort of john terry and then we realized that john terry is probably a brexit defender in every possible term um but yeah so you're yeah you're right your nephew did describe himself to us as a brexit defender um and so yeah we um we we, we you learned a new term um and so yeah i mean that describes his playing style do you think that extends to his kind of how he enjoys a football match um boy uh i i don't know he, i am relatively calm at football matches at the ground yesterday i i did get frustrated towards the end it was um 
it's obviously easy with hindsight, but I felt, you know, that we that we should have won the game just because of the amount of of the ball that we had. Not necessarily all the chances, because they actually had some okay chances. It's not like we were calling Onana into into action constantly. But I think, yeah, the celebrations, it was just one of those moments. You can probably hear my voice has, has gone from that Declan Rice goal. But it was just one of those moments that that is what you live well, no, maybe not what you live for, but what you go to football for. Um, it was just absolutely fantastic. Let me ask you this, because I was discussing Spurs yesterday with Spurs Wednesday. Is there a single Manchester United player that you would put in the Arsenal starting eleven? Um... My instant reaction is to say absolutely no chance, but I'm just checking. Uh, I guess Rashford versus Martinelli. Yeah, but who a, would you really? Yeah, but with like I love Martinelli, you, but I also yeah big Rashford fan. Uh, but other than that, the only other position where I guess you'd even and I'm I wouldn't say now because I haven't seen enough. And the only one that seems to at least start the season with a bit of credit is Onana as well. So um, oh my god, really? Yeah, I think, no, I think be, he's, he, he's got... Um, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty certain you have two goalkeepers better than Andre Anana. Well, yeah, I mean... I, he, I, uh, Anana, Anana, for me, is really, really poor. Like, I, I don't... I don't, I don't I, I, what I would say is, maybe he's not a better goalkeeper. It's very fun to watch him with the ball at his feet because yeah. it's as yeah, if he... Yeah, as if he, he might be a better centre-back. Yeah, he thinks... I feel like he thinks he can't get tackled because, I mean, we... we quite a lot of the time, he had the ball yesterday... And then Arsenal player almost purposely didn't close him down because they knew he was just going to play a pass around them. So he just let him have the ball. It was like a tactic. Yeah. It's quite amazing. It's very fun to watch because he's just so calm and cool. It's, uh, yeah, enjoyable. Yeah. But no, I, I, no, I think it's fun surely. No, Rashford maybe up yeah. grabs, but otherwise, no. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? The fact that um, they they finished one place below you in the league last season and you wouldn't take a single player to, to improve your starting eleven. I mean, that's that's pretty mad um and they haven't even really lost anyone have they so you and your nephew thoroughly enjoyed the game yesterday um it sounds like the, the reaction might have uh taken him aback somewhat but i i think like you say those are those are the reasons you go to football right like 96th minute winner against a massive team um in a game that you've probably felt like you needed to win yeah and, i think uh, also um you know, having scoring the third goal just meant the relief. Like, I think they had a couple of throws, yeah. all he scored, and you know, you're, you're still nervous. Funny that he took Erdegaard off as soon as you scored, which obviously he took Erdegaard off against Fulham and Fulham equalised, but um, obviously less time on the clock this week. But um, yeah, to score that third was amazing. And one thing that uh, is almost like it's almost worth winning because of this is the DJ at Arsenal is, I just love him. He's got a lot of praise because he, not from me, but he often plays wrestling songs before the start of the second half, right. uh, which some people seem to some people seem to enjoy. But um, he, he obviously, obviously, as a lot of clubs do, Arsenal have songs, um, chants for players which ma- marry up to to real songs. So Saka and Smith Rowe song to Rockin' All Over mm-hmm. the World, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So quite often that song will play as Saka's often been the match winner. But obviously, yesterday Declan Rice was so almost as soon as the final whistle when uh, Ice Ice Baby came on uh, very loudly across the whole stadium, which is just such fun. Um, it's just you know it, it does it does genuinely uh, just increase and improve the atmosphere even more so 
uh, and I love it. It's it's worth staying in the seats just to find out what the song's going to be at the end of the game, because you know everyone starts singing along, and it's 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 brilliant. It's just, it's just so fun, um, and that's what I definitely think has been so enjoyable about Arsenal over the last year or so is just how fun it's been compared to what we saw, you know, two or three years prior to that. So I think we've covered the Arsenal game. I, I want to cover the Spurs game, but I want to cover it as in exactly how I experienced it because it was I don't get to experience games like this very often. I didn't go to the game. Um I somehow managed to watch the game. Um I watched the first half at home and then I drove to your house because it, as you mentioned it was your son's birthday party. Um and when I got to your house, your father-in-law, who we should mention is a Spurs fan, was sat on the sofa watching the game. Um, and so I sat down and watched it with him. And it made me realise that you have to deal with something that I don't have to deal with, which is not only do your, obviously, as we've covered, your father and your brother support and your niece, nephew, etc., all support Spurs, but also your father-in-law supports Spurs. Um, and I wondered how you've dealt with that over the years. Um, he is... Um... Obviously, I'm, gonna, I'm really man. hoping to. I'm really hoping to get you into lots and lots of trouble here. Yeah, no, no. Actually, he's he's always he's one of those. I mean, you probably uh, find this more offensive than than I. He's he's. If, for example, if I would have spoken to him after the game yesterday, he would have been, "Oh, I'm pleased to you know ask the one for you." Um, he's one of those. So he would never. Well, our, our, yeah, our grandfather. Um, who we've mentioned is the reason. Really, the reason you support Arsenal. He always used to say the same, and. I never really believed it because I can't imagine it. But yeah, he always used to say that he was happy if Spurs won for us. Well, it's an interesting point because obviously um, you support Spurs. and I'm very happy for you to be miserable, I guess, if Spurs lose. Not because I want you to be miserable, but I want Spurs to lose. But my nephew um, supporting Spurs and obviously going to a lot of the games, it does... Um, you know, if there's to be any consolation to Spurs winning, um, if it is that my nephew or son is happy, then that 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 is, uh, I'd say it's somewhere at the yeah. back of my mind. Depending on the game, of course. Obviously, I think yeah. I think one game that maybe is worth covering at some point is obviously the um, the PS uh, not PSG the Ajax Spurs game, which I yeah. think you were there for. Um, because touching back on my um, you know coming here on Saturday, coming to mine on Saturday, and my father-in-law watching the game is that I do love to watch all football. And whereas I think some Arsenal fans would like to watch any team except Spurs, I always, if I can't watch Arsenal, if Arsenal are on TV or I'm not at the Arsenal game, the next game I want to watch most is Spurs because yeah. I support another team for 90 minutes. Exactly. That, that is exactly my view. I always say the two teams I support are Spurs and then second are whoever's playing Arsenal. Yeah. So Obviously, there's also Kings Langley in the mix, but that, 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 that that's a separate point. Um, so, yes, I'm fully with you on that. Um, but when you mentioned earlier about just now about saying that, that you kind of take some solace from Spurs winning, given that it would make my son happy. When you took your daughter to her first game um, a couple of weeks ago um, and they won and my wife mentioned to me, oh, well, you know, at least she'll be happy. And I said, I take no, no. Comfort no, well, uh, you know, a lot. Said Maybe about, I'm just I'm not a nice person. person. Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. I both agree on that. Um, no, I think, like I said, I, I love just watching football. I, I, I would rather watch Spurs versus X rather than watch 
Crystal Palace versus Wolves, for example. But um, going back to the fact that my father-in-law was watching the game and how it's affected me, it can be very, very beneficial because, for example, on Saturday, if my father-in-law wasn't here and it was my son's party in the garden and I decided just to uh, get the Spurs game on, I don't think it would have gone down very well, but I can sit next to my father-in-law, chat to him, with the Spurs game on the television, uh, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm able to get away with it. So yes. it very well. I've gone to his home sometimes and been able to again just sit down and watch the football under the guise that I'm having quality time with my father-in-law, uh, which again, if he's listening, I always enjoy. But uh, yeah. if there's a football match on on the television, then it's uh, it's far more enjoyable. Isn't that interesting? Okay, so so yeah, that you've managed to turn that into a positive. So that's that's very very noble, very well done of you. Um, and I guess there ha- it sounds like he's the sort of Spurs fan that won't there won't be any kind of um, you know heated debates around the merits of the two clubs or you know recent results or anything like that. It sounds like he's far too um, magnanimous. No, he would never. Like he, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He would never mock me. Never goad me. He actually always asks. Uh, yeah, he asks about my thoughts on Arsenal, but yeah. uh, only to actually hear my opinion, not to uh, not to try and push my buttons. Okay, okay, yeah. I mean, we've mentioned previously that obviously we don't we 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 never goad each other, but that's different because I don't think either of us can ha- could handle it. I certainly couldn't. <laughs> um, so yes, okay, all right. Yeah, no, I just wanted to get I wanted to get your perspective because my father-in-law. Uh, isn't much of a football fan. He's uh, nominally a Liverpool fan, um, but not to any great extent. Um, and yes, I wouldn't uh, ever have any issues in that regard. Um, so there you go. That's that's a different experience for me to you. Okay, so it sounds like your father-in-law being a Spurs fan doesn't really raise any issues, which is which is pleasing to hear. Um, but yeah, so it was nice to um, have that opportunity to sit and watch the second half of a comfortable uh, Spurs victory uh, in your house. I don't think I've ever done that before. Um, obviously, um, it was another impressive display. I, I, I think, you know, my experiences of going to Burnley have been fairly miserable. I have seen us win there. And actually, I've seen a Spurs player score a hat-trick. don't remember the guy's name, English striker. I think he's just gone to Germany. Um, but, um, so I have seen some good, good wins there, but also mostly miserable experiences and... It was just really strange to see us play such expansive football at, at Turf Moor. Um, and long may it continue. I don't know if you had any thoughts on, on the Burnley game, seeing as you, you got to see so much of it. Um, no, I thought it was a fairly even game. Could have gone either way. <laughs> it was a fairly even game until we equalised, I will say that. Um, then we, we turned on the style. Um, and yeah, that was that was very nice to see. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's... It, it's a weird. I mean, it seems, sounds weird to say that a five-two game was unremarkable, but it kind of did feel a bit unremarkable because once we went ahead, there was very little jeopardy. Um, we just kind of did the business, and and um, yeah, Madison, Son, um, they are firing all on all cylinders, which is great. Um, but I think it's definitely the Arsenal game that's sort of grabbing the headlines. And there's another thing that I saw. That I wanted to get your view on, and I wanted to get a view on it more generally. So there was a thing on Twitter today about uh, there was a a kid actually in the Arsenal end wearing a United shirt, and there was some conjecture about whether it's acceptable. I don't want to focus specifically on that, 
I wanted to get your view on fans in the wrong end. And and I know it's funny because I know that when you were younger, you did it at least a couple of times, right? At Spurs for Spurs Arsenal games, I'm right in saying. Yep. Yeah. And I more than a couple have of times. A, more than a couple of times. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's I mean, interesting because you would have been taking my ticket, no? Yeah. Or would you have been an additional ticket? I, well, I say that I've, I think there's a few times I've sat either either in the Spurs end at Wahar Lane or in the Spurs end at Highbury. Now, obviously, we, yeah, we covered when you sat in the Spurs end at Highbury. Well, I, I, that wasn't the only time I did it. That's funny because I don't remember any other time. But, well, so I probably wasn't there. Was one game which would definitely cover, um, which is famous for a particular goal scored by a particularly good Arsenal player. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, I I was at that he game. Came, as well. He actually came to celebrate with me. Uh, by yeah, I was. It's funny. I was at that game as well, but I didn't realise that we were together. I've I've blocked obviously as you can understand. I've yeah, of course. Out, that game out of my memory as possible. All right. Well, let's not do that now then. But what's your firstly your experience on being in the wrong end? And secondly, your view on it now? Um, definitely would take quite a lot for me to do it again now. Yeah. Uh, being that, you know, fortunate enough to be able to go to majority of games, if, you know, from a ticket perspective. Um, but, yeah, I think I asked it. I went because I thought it was, you know, I was asked, do I want to go? And do I want to go to a North London derby? Depending on, regardless of where I sit, the answer back then was always yes. Yeah. Like I said, now I can sit in the end. I want to sit in. Um, so if you are an opposition fan in the opposition's end, I think you know what I'm trying to say. I think that if you sit there and you effectively sit on your hands and you don't, you know, make it clear that you support the other team, then yeah. I'm not saying I don't have a problem with it, but I wouldn't know. So it's not an issue. Yes, exactly. Um, I think I've, I've had it put to me before that in America, for example, fans. Yeah, I know, but let's not bring America into it because they do everything wrong over there. So that's not. Fair, fair enough. So um, I think that, um, like I said, I, I, I wouldn't know. Therefore, I don't have an issue with it. But it's definitely not okay, in my opinion. Uh, maybe it's because of tribalism or whatever, but I would not be happy if a couple of rows from me. Uh, with some Man U fans singing Man U songs. It just doesn't work. I think, um, actually, yesterday, obviously, we mentioned by an actual scoring, there must have been some Man U fans that jumped up because straight away, some Arsenal fans, a few rows away from me, uh, and to my left, so I didn't have a brilliant view of them, started kicking off, um, pointing quite far down. And I'm guessing they were trying to point at some Man U fans that had obviously given the game away. Um, because that's what happens if you score a, you know, an almost 90th minute goal to put your team two and up. It's very hard to disguise yourself. Yeah. And obviously, so, given that VAR intervened, it probably looked particularly stupid. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I ultimately, yeah, look, if I don't know you're there, whatever. But yeah. don't don't come and sit in the uh, in the Arsenal end and start, you know, cheering for United, basically. Yeah, and I, I, these United fans you just mentioned, I'm just trying to imagine that probably is about as bad as it could possibly go for them. They celebrate what they think is the winning goal. It gets disallowed. Five minutes later, Arsenal score what actually is the winning goal. I mean, that is from an Arsenal fan perspective, that's the dream, isn't it? You get to you get to properly, properly rub it in their faces. Yes, yeah, so um, they weren't there to see Declan Rice's goal. Ah, uh, yeah, probably not. Um, the only time I've done it for an Arsenal Spurs game was actually the first ever North London derby at the Emirates. 
um, which Arsenal won comfortably 3-0. It's not a game I want to revisit on our series anytime soon. Um, I think Gilberto Silva scored two penalties. He did. He in did. the I first half. The, I think that's the last time I ever filmed a goal. Uh, oh, wow. That's, ter- that's a terrible thing to admit. Yeah, well, I think it was the third one. I was like, this is so easy. It was my, it was the first, like I say, first North London derby, the Emirates. Yeah. I was young enough to think it was, you know, a really good and cool thing to do. And I just, yeah, yeah I definitely don't have that video anymore. It feels, it feels quite weird that I didn't even realise there were camera phones in those days. Um, 2006, right? 2006. Yeah. It was um, probably really bad footage. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, that's another thing we can discuss another day, people filming just any aspect of football. But um, yes, so uh, my dad and I sat in the wrong end. I guess we couldn't get tickets in the Spurs end. Um, we sat, uh, I don't know, what's your, your ground doesn't really have stand anymore, does it? But, you know, like at the side, top it tier. Most def- it most definitely does, but okay. Oh, it's a circle. I mean, ours is the same sort of, but yours is just a circle. I can't well, yeah, but... where your stands. Anyway, we were at the side at the top tier, all right? And um, and obviously, every time Arsenal scored, we had to, like, stand up. It's just unbearable. Um, but we did also realise quite quickly that there were another pair of Spurs fans in exactly the same situation as us because we sort of made eye contact with them and realised they looked equally dead uh, dead behind the eyes when um, standing up to, to acknowledge an Arsenal goal. Um, yeah, it was a miserable experience. I obviously didn't have to worry about celebrating a goal on that particular occasion, uh, but I don't know what I would have done, and I'm glad I don't ever have to do that again, hopefully. Um, I think if you're going to go to a game where it's going to be close, then it's possibly worth it, but you don't want... I'm not, I know you weren't to know, but you don't want to go and watch your team get thumbed because then there's absolutely no. nothing to gain from it. You say I wasn't to know, but history, before <laughs> and since, yes, I probably should have known. Um I think that it's one of the aspects, I mean, football generally is one of the aspects, is the only aspect of life where I would consider myself to be far too immature. But I am so immature when it comes to fans from the other team being in the home end. I cannot stand it. I hate it. The second I realise it's happening, it just drives me around the bend. Um, I would never go so far as to calling a steward, but I, but I, it does drive me mad and it, it if I wanted, if if I, as if I couldn't want Spurs to win anymore, it um it really does kind of push me even further towards being desperate for us to win. Um, there was a Newcastle game a couple of years ago uh, at, at home where we uh, went one nil down and then beat them five one. There was a new a Newcastle fan celebrated the first goal. They actually didn't come back. I think I think we were two one or three one up at half time. They were they were worse for wear. Put it that way. I think that was what kind of um gave them Dutch courage. Maybe they were worse for wear. Very good. I think it's. I think Weir is. Yeah. Under, know, but, kind yeah. of works. Um, but anyway, I, that stands out as a recent example. I just can't stand it. I think, like you say, if you do find yourself in the wrong end, you do. You just have to sit on your hands. You cannot celebrate a goal. You cannot say anything. Um, and and as you'll find out this season, and you'll have known from previous seasons, it happens a lot more often uh, in European games, because um, well, I don't know why it just does. Um, so yeah, the biggest probably... reason is we have been out of Europe for you know donkey's years. We have one year out of Europe. Yeah, but I mean big European games, and you've been oh, out of big European games. Quite yep. well. Um. Anyway, you'll see. 
No, I'm, actually, I, I take that back because you had that in that. You played a German team, didn't you? They like took over, over to your stadium and stuff. They did. <laughs> they did. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, I can't. I I cannot get on with um, opposition fans in the home end um, unless they are um, undetectable. Um, but by the, I mean, and I also think that wearing a shirt in the wrong end is just just mind-boggling should we do our north london derby match so yeah i think we've tried to uh, decide that we'll we'll pick a game based on the time of year um the date so back in the 2013-14 season on the 1st of september arsenal played spurs at the emirates and arsenal won 1-0 um we agreed before we started recording that it was a fairly unremarkable game uh Giroud scored a very Giroud goal with a near post sort of flick if you like um looking back at the lineup from the game I think you had there was when you had Kyle Walker and Danny Rose and obviously Loris in goal so you had you, know, you had Jan Vertonghen and Michael Dawson centre-back as well so you had quite a strong back five our back four included Kieran Gibbs and Carl Jenkins and so not not great but our midfield on the day was 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 pretty good with Rosicki, Ramsey, Wilshire, Walker, and Gazzola. So very attacking uh, lineup there. But um, yeah, you you said you weren't at the game because you were on a stag too. Is that right? Yeah. So the reason, so you like you say, we, I'm going to try as best we can to to marry up the Northumberland we would talk about to the time of year, and that was the the match that year, first September 2013, was on deadline day, and it was a very significant deadline day for both teams because it was the day that um, Gareth Bale went to Real Madrid and Meza Ozil went to Arsenal. Um, neither transfer had been completed at the time the match kicked off, but they were both very, very um, clearly going to happen. Well, actually, I think the Ozil one was maybe a bit more in Well, I, th right? I, think, I think this goes back to a gif that is used quite often by Arsenal fans, where I think in the post-match interview, uh, Arsene Wenger was asked about if there was going to be any more news. I think I think there were some rumours about Ozil, and right. Arsene Wenger gives a little smile and a wink or something. Okay. And obviously, as a big Arsene Wenger fan, uh, that was that was very enjoyable, and it's also enjoyable to see it used today. But yeah, that was, uh, I guess, maybe not as big a turning point in our club's fortunes as as you would think when you look at it on paper. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely a big moment at the time yeah i think so it, it it just it sticks out of my mind as it was this kind of this big deal the whole summer had been leading up to it um from a spurs perspective i'm talking about the bail willie won't he and meanwhile spurs had, as it as it turns out spent all the money in advance on these seven new players who were going to sort of transform the squad um and you know the only the only kind of downside was oh by the way we have to sell gareth bale but that's fine because we've signed these seven um amazing players or so we thought um and so yeah and obviously this summer we've sold again um the, the best player at the, in the club and although we kind of did something similar by spending all the money in advance almost all the money in advance no one really kind of quite 
took to it in the same way. It hasn't been hyped up as much. And 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 actually, funny enough, the players that we've signed seem to have kind of just got on with the job a bit more. Um, but yeah, it, the, 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 the game in 2013 was bizarre. We were clearly in a state of flux. Eric Lamella, I think, was signed the day before the game, was on the bench, came on. We were all very, very excited about that. Um, but yeah, it was this, this, this kind of a club just so clearly in a, a, a state of, of, of flux, of transition. Um, and AVB kind of being expected to, to manage this, this significant overhaul um, in real time, which uh, he didn't quite manage, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, it just stands out because then both clubs had significant personnel changes afterwards. And as you say, I watched the game in a bar in Amsterdam. Um, it's the designated like Amsterdam Spurs bar. But I was on a stag do that was, I would say that the, the group on the stag do was almost exactly half Arsenal, half Spurs. Um, and one of my best friends is an Arsenal fan, but not a massive Arsenal fan. Um, but we all watched the game together. And again, uh, acknowledging my immaturity and, um, and, and, um, the fact that I tend to get overly worked up about football. Uh, I just remember getting really, he, he said something that I disagree with and I got disproportionately annoyed <laughs> about it. Doesn't sound like you at all. No, it doesn't, does it? Um, I just remember, yeah, and, and obviously Arsenal won, Spurs weren't very good. And it's, it's just a game that just kind of makes me remember like the, just the, just the general kind of, um, feeling of because we'd actually started that season really well we start well started it relatively well we beat palace on the opening day i think we had a pretty decent start generally and then um went to arsenal meet lost one nil very meekly gareth bale went that night Arsenal signed Mesut Ozil, and yeah it felt like any kind of excitement had, had disappeared and it kind of did for a little bit um but then within a season we uh pointed that bloke from Argentina and uh, our fortunes transformed are you going to tell us what your friend said oh I wish I could remember I don't think he said anything of any interest I think he just he he made an observation about the game which I thought was um stupid like I yeah I it was it was I was completely and utterly in the wrong um wow. he definitely 100% won't be listening to this but Alex uh you were right you didn't do anything wrong um i was just I, I look okay i think we've mentioned this before but i hate 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 watching any football match in um a pub bar um basically any public place that's not a football stadium uh and if there was one game i want to watch in that environment less than any other it would be the north london derby at the emirates um but that was the situation i found myself in on that particular day yeah, I do have sympathy with you there. A lot of sympathy with you, actually, because I would feel the same. Yeah. So, like like you said, the game itself, I think Arsenal just sort of like kept us at arm's length. I just remember being very excited when Eric Lamella came on. Wow. I'd probably be, be, still be very excited if Eric Lamella came <laughs> so on. So would I, to be fair, as an Arsenal fan. I think what look the strangest thing that I can seem to remember is that Bakary Sandler was on the bench for Arsenal and Carl Jenkinson started for Arsenal which I can't remember why, but yeah. I cannot we, see any sort of circumstances that would make that happen. We started four of the famous seven 
whatever you want to call them. Um, we started four of, of, of that group that came in that summer. Um, Etienne Capoue, Nasser Chadley, Paulinho and Soldado, uh, plus Lamella came on. So we only needed uh, Kirikesh and Christian Eriksen to complete the set. Um, I mean, all of those four that started had, well, no, 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 Chadley did all right. But Capu, Paulinho and Soldado had pretty unsuccessful spells. Um, Lamella, obviously a cult hero. But yeah, I think it was that thing of like, trying to convince ourselves that these seven players were gonna gonna make up for losing Bayo and then sort of that dawning realization that they probably weren't. Well, uh, as always it's been a pleasure. Um I think you know both teams going to the international break probably about as happy as they possibly could be. Uh and we'll see what happens when we uh return. But we will we are gonna do a podcast next week. Yeah, we are. Okay. All right, we'll see how that because, goes. Uh, just because our teams are having a break doesn't mean we need to. No, we don't take breaks across the divide. Um, okay, fantastic. Well, I look forward to speaking to you again next week, and I look forward to our international break. Great. Cheers, Ash. See you later. See you, bye.